For all of you who listen to Submersion and own an Android device, go to the Google Play Store and download the Podcast Republic app. It's a fantastic app that allows you to get all of your favorite podcasts directly on your Android device. I personally use the app and I love it. I can search for the podcast I want to listen to, select it as a favorite, and have it just a click away. Make sure you select Submersion as a favorite so you don't miss any of our new episodes every Thursday. Again, the app is the Podcast Republic app, available on Android devices. Episode 92. Woo! Woo. Awesome. We are mostly here. Brom's gone. Thanks Bye. a lot, Brom. Bye-bye. Probably stuck in a torpedo tube again. We gotta go find him at some point, but nope. we have more important duties to take care we, of. We ejected him, Jamie. Already? <laughs> yeah. Without me? His body's floating at the bottom of some ocean. You know I wanted to be there for that. Alex he's, recorded it. He's been it. waiting on that for a really long time. Yeah. Alex recorded it. I recorded me. it, yeah. I, I had to film over WrestleMania. I thought that was oh. pretty important. I was hoping we were going to wow. watch that later. Sorry. It cuts away. <laughs> it's only like five minutes. We say like a quick little prayer for Brom and... <laughs> then back to Stone Cold giving us stunner. We didn't tape over the Stone Cold stunner, so it's all good. <laughs> Oh, my word. Uh, I made it back, and I know I missed Godzilla 1998. That was really, truly and a shame. You guys had theorized that the reason I wasn't there was because I liked that movie so much. Yeah. Right. And you were ashamed, yeah. Yeah. That's got to be the reason. Yeah. He's being real quiet right now. He liked it yeah. a lot. What was your rating for it, Kyle? That <laughs> Dude, that movie, it, oh. Just to prove you guys wrong, that was not the reason I was not on. Um, <laughs> I remember liking that movie a lot as a kid, and I think you'd mentioned that too, Zach. Yeah. And then I just watched it, and I was like, what the hell is this? It, it doesn't hold so, up. It's so bad. <laughs> so bad. Uh, I think I gave that, Jamie, what did I text you? Like a 375 or something, which was, I, can't I think, recall. probably the highest, but. It was ridiculous. Yeah. Especially it's not a good movie. Got, like Broderick is like the sexy guy. Is he though? Like, I don't know if he's a sexy guy. He's kind of like. All the women are after him. Yeah, but that's because of his brains. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> the French. Whatever. The We're, France guy. French guy. Whatever. He's the sexy guy. Oh, Jean. Ah, Jean Renault. Yeah. Yeah, yeah there you that's go. True. True. All right. Anyway, this isn't about that movie, but. Um, it could be. No. Okay. We'll just keep going. Just do it again? Just do another relapse? So, yeah, let's, go, let's just roll it right back. Okay, hold on. I don't know if we ever even talked about this. Zach and I were talking about this a long time ago, um, but the final fan, not final, not final, final fantasy. Fantasy. Yeah. fantasy football championship did happen, Zach. Oh, are we going back to that? It's been a how, while. People um, are wondering. How it was a two-week championship game between Kyle and myself. I had a 40-point or a 50-point lead on Kyle going into week two. Felt comfortable. I ended up losing by, what, 70 points? <laughs> it was so insane. You scored the highest amount of points ever in the history of the 10-year-old league. Yeah. Which that is outrageous. Great. Felt good. And I was, I'm yeah. still waiting. I gotta, t I gotta contact the current trophy holder and get that thing mailed to me. See what the heck's going on with that. <laughs> Probably they're withholding it because you guys cheated on your cheaters. All right, hold on. That guy was involved in the cheating, but mm. he was trying to help Zach. Yeah, I see. He did. Mm. 
Well, he tried, right? I ended up losing, so. Well, he tried. Who was cheating? Kyle. Nobody was really. Kyle's cheating in every league that he's in, so don't even worry about it. <laughs> Get him uh, out of here. I am not. Get him out of here. I mean, I don't know. There's some shady, shady stuff trades. going in our league, too, so. Hold on. I did it as an homage to the great Alex, oh, well, who started yeah. started doing this in our league, and I was like, what a great idea. <laughs> You want to tell them what you did? I just started making trades for all my best players for like the worst players on people's benches. Once I'm out of it, yeah, I think that's because fair, perfectly that's not, fair. That's not fair. Because <laughs> Alex, fair Alex, whenever he's out, he's like, you know, I don't even. Maybe if you were in the playoffs, you would do this too. I don't know. You just say, that you know, would be what? funny. <laughs> you message that you message I the could. guy. Well, because I normally, say, if I make the playoffs, kicker versus kicker. Yes, I normally always do kicker versus kicker, even in the playoffs. Because I think Zach and I oh we did God. that in the playoffs a couple years ago, right? We did that. Yeah, I think you and yeah. I did it for the first time. Yeah, and then we, we did, did that. Yeah. And I think that was for what third and fourth place. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Yep. Did Kyle pass out? Why isn't there not a buzzer going on or something? Some kind of like alert. Oh, a wooga, this, a wooga. oh because this is this is actual <laughs> important stuff that people want to hear about. This is run its toll, I think, is what Jamie's saying. Oh, die, die, die. <laughs> Time to submerge in sideways. Go Godzilla, go, go, Godzilla. Godzilla's in your house. Godzilla's in my house. He's Godzilla drives a Lambo, you know he ain't cheap. Go! What you doing now? Evening in Tokyo, burn it to the ground. Fighting King Kong and you fight Mothra. Fight the whole world, you're Godzilla. And they're gonna fall. They're all gonna bow to the King of Monsters. Cause you're Godzilla, yeah. Cause you're Godzilla, yeah. Go Godzilla, go, go Godzilla. Go Godzilla, go, go Godzilla. Whew, that was a lot of fantasy football talk. It was. Sorry. It was a lot of fantasy football talk. And I I mean, you did the same thing in, in our league. I got to the finals despite your shenanigans. Wait, didn't we dive? Didn't we dive? Why are we still talking yeah, dude, about we this? Dove, Come on, sorry. You, you didn't Come want on. to talk about it. I didn't. Come on, I didn't. But you've got me all riled up. Now I'm like <laughs> revisiting and reliving the nightmare that was the end of the season. I'm sorry. Seen red right now. Mm. Oh, goodness. But anyway, Zachary... As the conveyor of the Godzilla uh, movie month, what what did we watch this week? So this week we jumped in after the Hollywood film Godzilla 1998 to the millennium era Godzilla film Godzilla, Mothra, and King Ghidorah, giant monsters, all out attack, aka Godzilla GMK. And right off the top, I just got to say this is bullshit because they're counting three monsters how many monsters were that in this are attacking film? godzilla no they have godzilla mothra king Ghidorah. right that's three monsters listed in the title of that very true how many monsters were in this movie kyle four four they're totally what what would you say they're canceling is that the term for it snubbing they're snubbing good they're totally canceling Baragon, who is in this movie, and one of my favorite monsters, because he looked funny. He had big old ears and a horn. Did you know he, he lost a lot of weight back in 
the Showa era, he weighed 250 metric tons. Oh, excuse me. He gained weight. I thought this said 250,000. Well, I mean, no, it's, the, it's known for this movie that actually Mothra and King Ghidorah were both shrunk for the movie. They were made smaller hmm, because they needed Godzilla to be considerably bigger than them because he was going to be the biggest threat. Wow. So that's why these numbers may not match up to the rest of the series. Ooh. Well, yeah. that is interesting. I saw something before that Ghidorah weighed a ridiculous amount at one point. Well, he's huge. Gadir is like the biggest monster. Not in this movie. Uh, 141,056 tons. Is the oh, and 56. Where are you getting these, you getting that's, these that's, weights from? That's the heaviest that he ever weighed. Wikizilla.org. That's a good oh, one. Yeah. Hmm. Excuse me. <sighs> All right. That could, cause well, some, so, that could cause some like serious damage to the surrounding area, you know? But we never seem to see that. Infrastructure? Yeah. See? Yeah. I started thinking now, about Alex, this watching this one. You were talking about this yeah, before. Yeah, I've been thinking about um, this a lot. How much weight can an airport runway hold? What was it? 1.5 million pounds. I'm looking at this right now. I got it pulled up. Just pounds? 1.5 million pounds. Yep. Wow. wow. So Godzilla, Ghidorah, and maybe even Mothra would just crush a runway. Oh, it huh? would have to. Yeah, absolutely. Makes you wonder. Yeah. I guess there's not a lot of thought going into this. That's fine. <laughs> wow. Cold-blooded. <laughs> yeah, it makes me think so, that it's Jamie, probably unrealistic they... that Charles Barkley was able to go one-on-one -on -one with Godzilla. Now that you're mentioning these weights. Charles you know, Barkley's a funny guy. So, hold on. Somebody get Charles Barkley's weight. What's he coming in at? God, you got to make me Google he, um, this up. Probably 14,000 metric tons, maybe? Well, he has, gone, he has gone through some weight changes. He used to be like athletic, and then he put on a whole Stuffed. bunch. Right now, 250 pounds, according to this. Charles okay. Barkley? 250. Barkley, yeah. He used He's to like seven foot tall, right? Six foot six. He's six six. Yeah, he was just on the Conan podcast, and it was hilarious. They were talking actually, about this. He's actually kind of slimmer than I would think he would be. 250 he, with 6'6"? Six, six? That's not he so got, bad. He got up kind of bigger than that at one point. Hmm. Heaviest weight. Here we go. Hold on. Let's see this. <laughs> this is great podcasting. This is super Us. great podcasting. Welcome to the Charles Barkley Googling podcast. Charles Barkley. <laughs> actually, can we start wait. that? Can we start <laughs> the Charles Barkley podcast? Yeah. We wait. just talk about Charles Barkley. Yeah, every episode is some other thing about Charles Barkley, whether Charles? it's a children's book wow. or like whatever. Listen to this fact. He gained 20 pounds in two days, so the 76ers wouldn't draft him. Right when he was getting drafted from college. That's crazy. Uh, mission not accomplished. Right? Wow. Didn't he get drafted by the 76ers? I don't know. <laughs> Dude, right. come on. You're looking at this up. movie. <laughs> All right. Yeah, yeah. okay. Right, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Sorry. Charles Barkley. Sorry. Sorry, Charles. All right. Love you. Should we, should we get Love into you, Charles. this? Oh, yeah, right. this he, yeah he was drafted by the 76ers. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm done. I'm muting now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Should we get, in? should we get into Alex, it? Or ladies and gentlemen. Is thank there, you. Is there anything else, Zach, to talk about this film before we dive, dive deep? It came out in 2001. Um, it was the second movie of the millennium era, right? Um, Godzilla mm -hmm. 2000 uh, was the one before this. But um, no, it's. I mean, I guess the only thing, Jim, you probably had this as some trivia, but the director of this film is a big name because he directed the 90s Gamera trilogy, which mm. is, um, uh, I guess you could say, celebrated as one of the greatest like kaiju film trilogies of all time. So this guy was a big git for them, for Toho. 
So that's pretty cool. Yeah, it is cool. Yeah, you know, it is cool. <laughs> um, yeah. All right. So say the name of this one again. I'm, I, I forget the name of the movie because it's very oh, long. It's, it's really short. Now, Godzilla, Mothra, and King Ghidorah, giant monsters, all out of tech. Just all say right. GMK. GMK. So this is GMK. We open, and there's a meeting of the Japan Self-Defense Forces, the JSTF for short. Now, they're kind of basically t- they're talking about Godzilla, and they're like, there hasn't really been a Godzilla since Godzilla. Um, but uh, there's a chance that there's like a we may, maybe a return. We always got to be prepared for the return of Godzilla because there was like rumors that there was a Godzilla over in the U.S., <laughs> but everyone knows <laughs> – that Evan was not Godzilla. And everyone's like, that's true. It wasn't Godzilla. That was a terrible knockoff of Godzilla. And uh, and it's so basically they're right immediately. They're like stabbing the American one in the back. No big deal. Which rightfully so. I mean, come yeah. on. Yeah. It was a funny jab. Yeah. So then they uh, hear right at that moment that the American nuclear submarine has sunk. And they're like, well, this is what we're made for. We're, we're the JSDF. And we don't fuck around. That's what DF stands for, don't fuck. And then around comes later. Uh, and they better get going. And they send out, and this, for, for a long stretch of this movie, I thought this was our only featuring of a submarine. And I was like, how did we pick this movie? Because <laughs> they have <laughs> no, two submarines. That was it too. <laughs> they have I two was, submarines yeah. kind of circling the downed American nuclear submarine. And there's a big claw mark out of it. Obviously. Which they totally gloss over. Right, yeah. They're like just they, kind of looking at it. They show that, and he's like, yeah. oh, I think it exploded or something. <laughs> something like, happened to that guy. Uh, uh, and really? they're kind of like investigating, and they see all of a sudden they get some, there's some rumblings, some tumblings, and out comes what looks like Godzilla's little uh, stegosaurus back, kind of. They see it. And at this moment, I was like, whoa, this movie looks pretty damn good. Because they they actually are kind of incorporating some of that the combination of like some practical, but also um, the computer graphics and stuff like that. And we're starting to get like a pretty modern Godzilla for the first time since we've started watching it. Uh, I don't count the 1998 U.S. Godzilla because that was not really modern yet. Um. So, anyways, uh, we switch over and we're over at Mount uh, Miyoko. And we are introduced to our actually our main character, Yuri Takibana. I need to take a moment right here to say, Yuri Takibana is a reporter. She's having trouble at her job because no one takes her seriously and mostly because the TV station itself is kind of shit. This is startlingly similar to 1998's Godzilla, actually, right? Because the main character is this female reporter who's having trouble at her job because no one takes her seriously. So yeah. do you guys... How do you feel this is different than the 1998 Godzilla? Or do you think it's kind of the same that you, you think this they could have done without this portion of it? I, I liked it. I think this was loads better than 1998. I think she, the actress was loads better than the one chick in 1998. Um, and I feel like this wasn't so much like her against like, what, like the older white guy, you know, like, oh, she's trying to get a, a promotion or something. I mean, she, it's like every, her entire station was that joke station right right yeah and it was mainly more about i feel like the di- the dynamics between her and her dad so right. yeah i just wanted to i wanted to ask because i i was sitting there being like why do i feel this is different because it's more or less the same did concept different. and i feel like i i kind of settled on the idea that she's actually a good reporter she's just stuck at a bad station which is the opposite of what the other one was which is kind of the, she hitting a glass ceiling but you never really feel like why you should be invested necessarily in a career. You have no evidence that she's necessarily good or bad. 
at her job. Right. Whereas with this it, one, at least you have you have some even from the get go, you have some evidence of that. Yeah, and this movie didn't have any like Matthew Broderick character, right? That right, right. the reporter would screw over at some point. Yeah, right. And then, right. Yeah. And in some ways, it was almost the opposite. Like she had clearly had two people she worked with who were kind of like into her, but that never really came up. There wasn't some. There wasn't really any moment of like romantic interest, or she, on her part at least, um, to to go along with it. Anyways, I just wanted to bring that up because it was kind of startlingly similar. Anyway, she's reporting from this mountain. She's doing kind of like this weird sci-fi show, and she convinces the local town. Um, to let them film there, even though it's not really real. They're kind of doing kind of like a, almost like reality TV, that creating a narrative when there not necessarily is one in reality. All of a sudden there's a big old um, earthquake and uh, which kind of like startles everyone. Anyways, the, um, and they see, and, and Yuri sees like this old man in the woods and it's like, who the fuck is that? Why was he there during that earthquake? Anyways, later the governor or the the town's like mayor or whatever is like kind of bragging about how he got this like news crew and they're going to be big old famous. And then a biker gang came, comes by and they kind of razz him a little bit. They're just a bunch of rude to uh, teeny boppers out for a fun time and they cruise away and he's like, oh, you kids. And they kind of destroy like a little stone like statue. And it's like, ooh, that's meaningful. And they drive, drive away. And as they head towards, they're kind of razzing a truck as well. They head towards a tunnel. They end up in this tunnel and an earthquake starts and bum, bum, bum. Who shows up? But our very first and best monster, Baragon, the monster that is not named in the title of this film and it's horseshit. So also when he shows up, he's, you know, he's a tunneling monster, but he like totally kills all those bikers. Oh, straight up. Just and, uh, traps them in the tunnel. Zach, did you have a? Do you have any uh, audio from this part of the movie? From this part? Yeah. From uh, Baragon coming? Yeah. Do I? Actually, I, you know what? I got some. Hold on. Let me. Do you want me to play oh. it real quick? Yeah, actually, yeah. You do it. You do it. Yeah. Okay. Here it is. Ram Baragon. Ah, stop being bikers. That was it. Bam. Wow. Yeah. I love Baragon. He was great. Yeah, he was really good. It was good. The thing uh, that blew my mind. So later, after this tunnel collapsed. The uh, government steps in, as they do in all Godzilla movies, mm-hmm. and they're trying to save or, like, recover the people from the tunnel Yeah, collapse. I don't think they're trying to save them. <laughs> yeah, because they start shooting those missiles in that, right. like, burrow in and then just explode. It's like, but they're like, yeah, we're looking for bodies. Yeah, let's check. You're going to find them. Yeah. Not doing that. Chekhov's missiles those, those come into play later in the movie. They do. So anyways, Yuri notices that there was that first earthquake that she witnessed. And then the second one that happened near the tunnel. And she's like, it's a moving epicenter, but no one believes her. And she's, uh, ends up, um, going to get some research for it. Like she's trying to convince them to let her go and like report more on it. She has like this researcher, uh, Turoki Takeda, uh, who helps her kind of support it by finding this book. There's like a book written by this old, uh, professor or whatever called the guardian monsters that kind of supports her theory a little bit she gets shit-faced um one night we have this whole scene of her like drinking herself silly i wasn't sure what the point of that was necessarily like she shows up really drunk the next morning she's fine no she's just either. talking to her dad and the dad's kind of like hey like you had a you had a fun night and she's like oh it was fine and i was like i don't get this i'm not sure what's yeah actually happening with this. absolutely hammered and right. you know what maybe maybe this played into it because maybe this is where 
we just didn't realize she's just a raging alcoholic. She doesn't yeah. get hangovers. Well, I had, I had wondered if that was kind of the point, if whether they were they were pointing out that she was kind of, um, she could have been better if it wasn't for this being like a party oh, girl a little bit. for the drinking? But that wasn't, that didn't seem to be the case because then she turned out to be really good at, at her job anyways. So I don't know. Yeah. I also thought it was kind of funny when she came home and Takeda uh, was dropping her off and like he met her dad and her dad was there like just visiting. Somehow he got into her place and he was talking to his buddy the other day, the next day. He's like, man, that guy gave me the third degree, but it was just like a really <laughs> <Yeah>. mild conversation <laughs> between the two. Right. I'm like, he was just like, thanks for bringing her home. I appreciate it. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, what's, what's it like to actually get yelled at and uh, in this scenario? Yeah, I don't my know. guess is it must have been some lost in translation. They probably were like, he's real He's real scary, like military person or something. Um, yeah. So anyways, we also get, we jump over to the next, the appearance of the next monster at Lake Akita in Kagoshima. Uh, there are a bunch of teenagers. They're rowdy, uh, ragamuffin uh, teeny boppers as the kids say and they are partying on the beach and they have a dog and they're like you know what we don't even like this dog as teenagers are wont to do and they find a, bo- a box fill it with stones and put the dog in it and i'm like wait what <laughs> they're gonna yeah they're gonna murder that dog what I, dark twist. Then, then i don't even know how they put that on film i'd be like we have to stop this this is unnecessarily yeah. <laughs> evil like, for these teenagers to be doing <laughs> Well, then they, they take it out in the boat and the boat gets knocked over. And maybe you'd, ex- this would be the part in the movie where you expect, oh, the lid pops off and the dog swims away. No, no this is just like dog just casually drowns and they well, don't no, even they bring did, it up they did again. Have a scene, they did have a scene later when they were doing the news report on TV where they show them petting the dog in the box. So the dog survived. Oh, you'd be okay. happy to you'd All be right. happy to know. Unless that was a second dog. I mean, we don't know how many dogs they tried to drown that night. So that could have been a second dog. Who's to know? If, if you drown one dog, guess what? I'm pretty sure you're capable of drowning several dogs. Uh, yeah, it's not just like a one and done type I don't thing. think so. They seem to, that one lady that was with them seemed to really hate dogs. Um, so anyways, yeah. Mothra kind of comes out of the water. Not yet a full moth. Instead, he just makes a giant cocoon. Everyone still seems very casual about all this. Like, I know there's a giant cocoon in this lake. It's like, wait, what? Like, <laughs> You guys don't seem as concerned as maybe you should be about all this. I mean, this. it was huge. Yeah. I it was mean, giant. It was like bigger than a cruise ship. But one of the things they do get from this is there is a, the old man that she saw originally gets ends up getting kind of like detained as part of this. He was there at the lake and they picked him up. And so he's there. And, he was and, also sad that night, though, because yeah. like somebody came out and broke another one of those yeah, statues. Another one of the statues. Some of people breaking these statues. And he just single tear rolls from his eye we did so, mention that they showed the dog on the news right and the dog was yes. alive yeah okay. maybe allegedly, allegedly. could dog. have been a second dog we don't, we don't know we don't know how many dogs they had in the boxes True. uh so anyways they uh, yuri goes to the police station kind of interviews the old man and he, he explains the guardian monsters baragon mothra king Ghidorah, and how they are going to awaken and, and defend japan from from godzilla and uh, they, they need, but they need to be awakened. And he gives her a stone, right? That's that's where she gets the stone, or did she pick it up elsewhere? I actually can't remember. Anyways, oh no, they go to the shrine. He, he points the way to the shrine to, from the book. They go and visit the shrine, and that's where she finds the stone. And she picks that up. At this point, Godzilla finally appears, comes ashore, um. Attacking. Where's he at, Jamie? Where's he at? Bonin. Bonin Islands. Yeah, he interrupts a 
ping pong match, which is disappointing. Ping pong is very fun, but he crushes them, crushes everybody. Yeah, so that's and that's it's kind of supposed to be, I think, where he originally landed in the first, or they imply it's the first place he landed before as well. So he's kind of retracing his steps a little bit, and Yuri kind of starts to piece together the fact that this is. Godzilla's origins are a little more mystical in this case. It's not necessarily just that he was born of atomic energy, but he also, um, he's kind of powered by the souls of those that the Japanese killed and left to die during World War II and stuff like that. So all of like the terrible things that occurred during World War II is powering this monster that's attacking Japan. So they almost have to, the guardian monster is going to protect them and they have to be awakened, but it's kind of, uh, trying to repay all these terrible things that had occurred, I guess something like that. So they're la- yeah, all these souls are like lashing out via Godzilla, via Godzilla, dude. And it gets it gets a little wild here. All of a sudden, oh, yeah. we cut on over to a guy trying to hang himself in the woods. Yeah, that came out of nowhere. Yeah, it, was it weird. really did. <laughs> and um, you know, he's about to do it, about to do the deed. And then all of a sudden, like, this under underground cavern just opens up and swallows him. And he gets down there, and he's freaking out. And you don't really know what's going on, but he takes off. And then he goes to the – and I thought after this, I'm like, does he just do it? Does he find another tree and go do it? Probably. But we do see him, like, a few minutes later, and he's like, oh, I saw something underground. And people are like, uh, sure, man, you're crazy. Right. But that really was out of nowhere. I don't know <laughs> – why they decided that was going to be the scene, but kudos. Yeah. So anyways, uh, Godzilla and Baragon at this point, they come together and they start to do battle. Uh, this is our first big monster battle. Uh, this is where Baragon, this is why Baragon ends up getting the short shrift when it comes to the main uh, uh, title of the film and stuff like that, because they battle and he's doing great. I love Baragon. He was doing a great job. I was like, good job, Baragon. Do even better than this. This is great. At one point, and I got some audio for this part too. Uh, you want me to play it? Do it. Yeah, go yeah, for it. Like, right, let me play it. I'm Paragon, and I'm, I'm going to get you guys all. <laughs> all right, I just stopped it. That was good, right? <laughs> it was really good. I've yeah. got a clip from this scene. Spot on. Oh, do you actually? Yeah, it's. Um, I so also had. A, I just want to be clear. I also had a clip from it. I just played it. Yeah, yeah, that was Jamie's clip. This right. is Zach's clip. So okay. in this scene, in this epic fight of these two giant monsters um there's a helicopter flying around right at the beginning at least and they're filming it and we get i believe this was in it looks like the red monster's in big trouble oh it's terrible i don't want to watch it shut up you're here to film so get filming (laughs) shut up (laughs) (laughs) yeah it was funny So anyway, yeah, they, do, uh, they, do a, they do a battle, a whole bunch of battle, and Godzilla, eventually, he's got the, the superpower breath. His breath is even more powerful than I remember it being. Because um, he, like, totally owns Baragon in the end. And Baragon, like, disappears. He, well, like, after he tail whips Baragon and launches yeah, him in dude, midair yeah. into a helicopter. <laughs> dude, there's some so goofy awesome. stuff. Like, Baragon, like, digs a whole pitfall and drops Godzilla in it. And then he... <laughs> Baragon climbs up on a mountain as he's trying to get away. You think he's run away, but then he turns around and lunges at Godzilla. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Like you said, you're like, oh, man, here we go. He's going to get Godzilla. And Godzilla just like ducks and just whips him with the tail and launches him. 
<laughs> crushes that helicopter. You're like, what the hell is going on here? It's great, man. Yeah. It's what we came here for, for GMK. Right. So then Godzilla, he's like super powerful, heading straight for Tokyo. Yuri is still kind of tracking this story. And there's, he's, she's starting to get some traction. Like people at her magazine are like, whoa, she's doing it. And she's like one of the only reporters who are, is kind of like trailing this whole time, even despite no injury, everything. Like she's, she's broadcasting live from like a little camcorder. I'm not even sure how she's doing it. That's crazy. Technology. And so then uh, Mothra comes out of the cocoon. I really love Mothra in this. I thought it looked really cool. Uh, every every part of Mothra's portion of it. And then Ghidorah also wakes up in his cave. He's kind of woken up by the by the old man, if I remember correctly. And they kind of f- go quickly to try to fight Godzilla. I guess it's Yoko- Yokohama. I don't know. That's what it's saying. I, I, I'm reading. I guess it wasn't Tokyo. I just assumed that he went to Tokyo. But I guess it's Yokohama. Oh, okay. Um, and here's where we start, like, the the huge kind of, like, all-out brawl. And we could talk about this in one sentence. I could say, Godzilla fights Mothra and King Ghidorah. Or we can go into some more depth, um, depending on what features of the fight you guys thought were the most interesting aspects of it. So I liked visually when Mothra was flying around. She came straight at Godzilla. Yeah. And, like, shot all those needles out at him. Right. I thought that looked pretty good. Yeah. And Zach, did you, had, had you seen any, yeah, this is my first ever film that I've seen Mothra in. Say that again, Jamie. This is the first time I've ever seen Mothra on film. Like I know the concept of Mothra, but I've never seen Mothra in a film before. Oh, Mothra's, you, Mothra's very popular. So I have, yes. I mean, um, I thought Mothra was great in this movie. What's interesting though, in all previous I think most of them films that Mothra took place in Mothra was, has always been like, like the good guy, like the good one, the kind of fighting for the Japanese people. And that there was always two kind of like, kind of like spirit twins that like followed Mothra and spoke for Mothra and were like telepathically connected to Mothra. Interesting. So so you say twins. Yes. Mm, I'm I'm listening. Mm. In this film, they didn't include that, but they did have like one moment of a throwback. I, if you guys remember, there was one scene when Mothra was flying and it showed two, um, two, uh, two characters, two Japanese females wearing both white, like they were wearing the same dress and like the camera specifically focused on them. And they're like two of the people that didn't die in this film. That was like a throwback to that. Hmm. So, so would you call them, would you call them good movie twins? Cause they're good people and they're in movies and they're twins. Good movie, that's goodmovietwins.com. Well, I don't know if that exists, but I do know there's <laughs> there's another website called badmovietwins.com that does do exist that, that oh, does okay. exist. Yeah. Okay. So, anyways, yeah, he fights Mothra. Uh, at 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 some point, Mothra gets destroyed by the fire breath of Godzilla. Not just destroyed, straight up vaporized. Right. And so so far, we've only seen Ghidorah. Ghidorah woke up and is fighting as well. Once Mothra is killed and kind of dissipates, all those souls of Mothra fly into Ghidorah and make him officially King Ghidorah. Am I wrong on that? Is that true? Yeah. Yeah, he transforms. I don't think anybody can say no, right? Yeah, I mean, he was blatantly just Ghidorah earlier. His wings didn't even pop yet. So then once he became King Ghidorah, that's when his like wings flail out to that. And that's kind of when the movie got kind of some cheesy CGI, but still... Mm. I think Godzilla, he did a roar right there. And I think if you translate it, 
It says, why won't this guy die? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. He's also, he also asks, why, where's the submarines? Because aren't you a submarine podcast? And guess what, guys? It's now. Because yep. oh! Yuri's dad is like, yo, I got a plan. And they're like, uh, does it include those crazy missiles that spiral and, and drill into people? Because uh, fe- we featured it earlier and we're hoping you're going to use it. And he's like, yeah, put it onto that little submarine called the Satsuma my little submersible, put it on that. I'm going to go into it and basically just let me do it. I'm going to do it myself. And they're like, uh, you're like a commander. You can't go into battle like that. And he's like, watch me. He's like, what? What? What are you going to do about it? That's what he's he like, fine. Jeez, dude. Just go already. Just do it. And so he goes underwater. Yuri's like dangling from a bridge. At one point, he even falls off of this effing bridge. I don't know how or she Ghidorah. doesn't die. Well, because Ghidorah, man, he saves her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And He's then, on the brink of death, and he shoots up like a bubble blast. And uh, she's able to float on up. Takeda also falls. I don't know. It looked like they fell from several hundred feet. Right. Something that I don't think anyone would really make it through unless you're a professional um, bridge jumper. Right. Right. Exactly. I was, I was thinking the exact same thing. I was like, if you, I, I feel like you could survive that, but they probably couldn't. And also, at this point, also the shrine stone, which we haven't really seen what it's supposed to do or whatever, falls into the water, and it's one of the ways that Ghidorah like regains power. He's like he gets the shrine stone and becomes like more powerful. Um, they swim to shore. They're kind of like watching the action now. Yuri and Takeda, and uh, Yuri's dad is totally you know using this submersible like a badass he tries to drill into godzilla it doesn't really work the first time he's trying to find like the weak point in them in him but it doesn't really work very well and he realizes uh guess where the weakest point of godzilla is overall inside exactly and so classic jonah in the whale situation right exactly here. yeah this was if in jonah the jonah had a submarine this, this is a bibli- is, this yeah, is it. biblical story right here because he enters Godzilla's body through the mouth. Everyone's like, no, because they're lamenting his death. Obviously, he's in Godzilla. Like, come on. And but then he's able to use the missile on the wound, Godzilla's wound, but from the inside. And that's how it works. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And he blows that thing up. Actually, we see that thing spiral on out of Godzilla. Yeah. And it blows up, and then Godzilla's looking at Yuri. He's like, you know what? I'm about to roast these people right. because I can. He goes to use his breath weapon, and he's got holes in him, and all of a sudden it just starts shooting out of the holes. Mm-hmm. It's science. Science. It is science. Science. And he blows up. Right. And we're like, phew, Godzilla is dead. I thought they didn't. I did thought Godzilla didn't die in these movies. I guess what do we? What else do we say at the end of the film? Well, um, Yuri's dad is alive. We yep. see that. We well, see but he, they're pretty happy. He specifically stands away though because of the radiation. Oh, that's right. <laughs> He's not going to live. But they share that moment. One last moment, I guess you could say, before zooming into the ocean and showing us <laughs> the final scene. <laughs> Godzilla's Duh. heart still beating. Dun, Just waiting dun, for dun, dun, dun. probably Mechagodzilla. Is the next one involved Mechagodzilla or something? Where the heart goes into dun, a, dun, a robot dun. or what? Dun. Next one's Godzilla Final Wars. Oh, but oh, so they, they kind of reset it again? Monsters. Yeah. <laughs> nah. 
Because you'd think the the heart beating like that, someone would find it and put it into the into the mechanical body, and that would mm. be the next one. Jamie, I've got to say, I don't want to stop this party, but um, you did make that under time, thirty seconds to spare. Really? That's yes. rare. That's why well, I didn't, well no you know what? Beep. I didn't even I didn't even mention that Ghidorah even died. I think we didn't even mention that King Ghidorah I know. gets killed by Godzilla. He so, did get absolutely roasted. Yeah, he, but, Godzilla killed all of the monsters. We talk about all at monster attack. That involves Godzilla killing all of the monsters and then being destroyed by a submarine. Well, well, because they turned the, into a super mega ghost. Yeah, and like pushed them down. Yeah, they, oh yeah, they, pushed them into the water. That's true. Yeah, they That's ground true. Godzilla down at the bottom for right. the sub to go into his uh, go inside of him mouth. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it definitely. I I wouldn't say they did nothing, but I would say that in the end, the submarine submersible did the heavy lifting. Oh yeah, this movie has the submarine was critical in this film, which is yeah, they sh- they should have called it all out submarine attack. What do you think? <laughs> Godzilla, like that. Mothra, King Ghidorah, giant sub, all out attack. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> they still leave Baragon <laughs> <laughs> plus Baragon. Ah, <laughs> oh, poor Baragon. Asterisk and Baragon. I, I, oh, in man. my heart of hearts, I know he's still alive. They should have zoomed over to Baragon's heart still beating. Dude, who's and who's to say that up. that wasn't Baragon's at the bottom of the sea? Good call. No one said it wasn't. We don't know. Mm-hmm. We don't know what these monster hearts look like. That was All the right. movie, though. Jamie, great That's job. The movie. That was fast. Yeah. Uh, so do we, what do we do? Do we do love it or hate it or do we want to do reviews first? How does it work? Reviews first, right? Kyle, you pick. Dude, we can do reviews first and then Zach can do his love it or hate it. Let's do some reviews. Who wants to go first? I'll go first. Do I'm it. coming in hot, hot, hot with this review. So this is by – so this was the first time I'd ever seen this Godzilla film. Um so I was pleasantly surprised by this. I loved this movie. I was on the edges of my seat in this movie. I liked the storyline. I liked the acting. I liked all the characters, even though the side characters, I mean, they were like all unique and goofy, right? I mean, they just were good side characters. They weren't bland. Like Matthew Broderick was a main character and he was just bland. Hmm. I liked all like the characters in this like film. Like you're talking like the guy who runs the newspaper with that weird long flowing hair? Yeah, exactly. Like they didn't need that, but they included that with him and mm-hmm. that was great. It made him stand out. Like it just little things like that. I really liked it. Um, we talked about, you know, that this movie kind of had that anti-war theme. I, I loved the design of the monsters in this. I thought that Godzilla suit was sweet with those smoky white eyes. Um, and I thought it was really cool how this film just really didn't, it's not like they were scared to show loads of people dying. I mean, getting crushed, stomped, blown up. That scene with the lady in the hospital, and you think she's going to be alive, and then the tail just comes right back and whips into her and just kills her. Like, this movie was brutal, and I loved it. So, and the sub. And this is the first Godzilla film that has, I think, the most sub action. And a without the sub, I mean, who's to say Godzilla would have died? He could have took over the world. So I think if you put that in a blender, hit it on mix, let it go for 30 seconds, you get a solid Godzilla submarine focused movie. I'm coming in hot. 9.5. Wow. That is is scorching. That is scorching. I loved this movie. I literally, it's up, 
it's probably my top three Godzilla movies. I loved it. Someone it's, Scor- it's the Scorch Trials over here. That's that like one. your second highest movie. Dude, I loved it. I would watch it again easily. And the submarine with I think it it, it without the sub, this movie couldn't have happened. So it has to be that high. Has to be. Anything else lower than 9.5 makes no sense. All right, everybody, <laughs> okay. you guys go. <laughs> <laughs> all right i'm gonna i'm gonna come in next is okay? can i can i cut in cut in all right so i'm gonna come in a little lower i'm sorry <laughs> i did like this movie i enjoyed it quite a bit i enjoyed the experience of watching it i thought it was a lot of fun i thought visually extremely pleasing like extremely pleasing to watch this film from a visual standpoint again i did like the quirks of the characters and i liked how the story kind of went it is a little confusing um, I don't know if that's just lost in translation or whatever, but like the the actual storytelling is not super great. I found it a little a little all over the place at times of exactly what was going on. Um, almost like they had too many monsters that they were trying to because it was like an all out attack. I don't know if you do that. It was like a, it was a monsters all out attack, and so there's just like a lot going on that they had to get through along with this whole storyline of her being this journalist. And along with all this like kind of fantasy spiritual stuff, which I also had to balance with it still being kind of an atomic monster and like an anti-war kind of stuff. But um, I will say I'm, I was also pleased with the submarine. I was worried there for a second that we were going to have this very small amount of submarine. But at the end, it became vital in this big scene with it. And I felt like it really lived up to what we need from a submarine movie when the submarine isn't necessarily the star of the film. Um all in all, I think this kind of rolls itself into, I, I uh, see, what did I do? Godzilla Returns. What did I do that one? Does anyone have Godzilla the Godzilla Returns, up? you did like a six, six? five. Yeah. Six, yeah, five. Yeah, so I was going like, to come in a little bit higher and do a seven. I think that's the Ooh. highest I've done for a Godzilla film, right? Other than maybe yeah. Godzilla 1998, which I gave a 12. I <laughs> right. Perfect. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. All right. All right. Solid score. I mean, not as solid as Zach's. Uh. Right, yeah. So what we're in danger of is with Zach's score of it becoming the greatest submarine film of them all and having the highest rated score. I know. Yeah. Let's see. If Alex and I both give it a two, it drops it to a, <laughs> to a five, one, two, five. Perfect. <laughs> okay, uh, let's see here. You want to go, Alex? I'll give it my rating. Um, obviously, everyone knows I've been – chugging through these and not been the biggest fan of them thus far um but i will say i've liked this one the most out of the the other three that we have watched um the godzilla 1984 and 1998 i, I rated the least but i think i like the king kong versus godzilla because it's the monsters fighting aspect of it so i like this one a little bit more i think because of that um i was a little confused uh with mothra and gadira and how how they died and like during their their main attack against Godzilla when Mothra just got absolutely decimated but like a phoenix like just kind of blew itself up and then spread its ashes all over Gadira and that's when he rose up to become even more badass but even then still not enough to take out Godzilla and like I said I I there was just a look and a roar that Godzilla gave at that point when Gadira came back up and I just laughed to myself in my head and as I said when you guys were reviewing it, it sounds like Godzilla was just thinking to himself, why won't this guy die? It's <laughs> like the exact thought that I got in my <laughs> head as what Godzilla has to be thinking at this point. <laughs> um, 
other than that, the story, I think, Jamie, you're, I, I, I think the same way along, uh, along the lines that you do, it kind of scattered and jumps around a little bit. Um, I don't know if it was the version that we watched, but I was also reading the subtitles, even though this was a dubbed version. The subtitles didn't match the dub, so that was really infuriating to me. So I don't know if someone's – whoever dubs it just didn't do a very good job of it or gave it the subtitles. So that was kind of annoying. But I don't think that should lower my score on it at all. Um, and then I thought at the very end when Yuri saluted her dad after the submarine battle, I thought that was one of the cheesiest scenes that we have seen yet in any movie. I and just it got, it got even it got even cheesier when they turned and like saluted the water yeah, or whatever. They, yeah, exactly. I I was laughing at that scene because I thought it was really bad. I think they could have done something a little bit better. I don't know what, but I thought it was really cheesy. Um, in terms of the submersible action that we got out of there, pretty good. Um, I mean, he was right in there. At first, it kind of reminded me of like Armageddon. I don't know when Armageddon the movie came out as opposed to this, but he kind of just sacrifices himself, goes in to kill the main monster, kind of like an Armageddon, except it's a an asteroid or whatever. I had, the same, the, I had the same exact thought. I was like, this is very much like Armageddon. Yeah. Um, and then we obviously the, the dad, he lives. Um, I forget his name. Bruce Willis. Uh, yes. <laughs> yes. Thank you. It was pretty cool, though, seeing um, that submarine just get – go right into Godzilla's mouth. Uh, during that scene and then just you see that torpedo just come flying out of him and it kind of looked like he was digging its way out or spinning really fast it was just that was a pretty cool scene and then every time Godzilla tries to use his breath attack or power attack whatever it's called like you could see him not being able to because of it and I thought that was that was pretty good that was um, pretty badass for that submarine the little submersible to go ahead and do it and I think that the submersible did play a huge role in this movie at after we went the whole movie without really seeing much of a submarine except for that quick 20 seconds where we saw two of them were, had sunk because of it. Um, pretty good. Um, like I said before, I think this is better than the other ones that we have watched. I'm going to give it a 5.4, kind of an odd score, but better than King Kong versus Godzilla just by a bit. Um, and much better than the other two movies that we had watched, I think, thus far. All right. Alex kind of brought the score back down to earth, so this won't become the highest rated one of all time. <laughs> uh, so thank you for that, Alex. Uh, I agree with a lot of what you guys are saying. And I think the sub action for a Godzilla movie so far that we've seen was pretty darn good. We didn't even really mention it, but the first time that we saw the subs, one of them just gets thrown into a rock and explodes, and nobody really cares. It's really odd to me. Um, the monster battles I thought were really good. I particularly liked, you know, just to see all the different aspects of each monster fighting. Uh, Baragon with digging all around, you know, that's his thing. He can dig. Well, Mothra can fly, and... Uh, Ghidorah, three-headed dragon, just coming at you. So, electric dragon, mention that. But, Alex, I like what you said, you don't really know how they die because sometimes they're taking the blast and it's like, ooh, okay, we brush that off. But other times, I don't know, maybe it's, you know, some of the scenes, I guess, Godzilla would just grab onto them and just 
blast away and there, then there has to die. be hit points right there's, there's <laughs> hit points be, off the screen that we just don't know about yeah there are you know and i was looking at this you know kind of like um kind of like pokemon you know something like that it's like okay we got we got our ground type fighting our fire type and uh and then we had our bug type fighting and that didn't go so well and then the dragon type and it was just okay you know we're doing that and i think it worked out really well i also thought we finally had some decent like character development out like in the movies that we've watched so far uh we got to you know follow us reporter the other ones it's just you didn't really care about them other than Matthew Broderick, you know, because he's so smart and so hot and all that type of stuff. Right. But, I mean, that's just a given. So we got that. We got, you know, a little bit of the story with that. And like you guys said, it was like the same type of story as 98 with our reporter, but just done much better. And, and what would you think of like the costumes? I mean, I think they were like, I mean, this is 2001 and they're still making costumes for Every monster in this movie. I thought they were so kick-ass looking. Yes. All right. So that's that's another thing, I guess, that I should bring up about 98. As you see, they went so CGI heavy. And it looked horrible. Like, I was watching that, and it looked like a... Uh, I don't want to knock them, but I mean, you know, like a sci-fi channel type movie. It didn't. It didn't look like a blockbuster. So when you go back to the costumes... I think that is the way to go until we can get to some of the more modern films that we've got, like Godzilla 2014 looks great, and then I haven't seen the newest one yet, but I know it's coming, and I've got it upstairs, and I think it's going to look really good. So I think this is a time where CGI was really starting to become something that could replace some of this stuff, but they were like, you know what? Let's do what we know. And it did look good. It, I thought it looked really good. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and match Jamie at a seven on this. Ooh, that's right. What did you give King Kong, Kyle? An you gave eight. that an eight. Wow. Childhood right. one, then. I have a lot of nostalgia factor yeah. with that particular one. And especially if you watch the Japanese version of that one, it's like much better. It's crazy better than the American one. Yeah, but you didn't you didn't grow up with the Japanese one. No, it's true. Uh-huh. But you know, when I was a kid, I wasn't sitting there like, oh, what's all this stuff with the UN? You know, I wasn't thinking about that. <laughs> well, no, you, you so, were you were focused on that. You were like, I love the UN. You had your UN costume on. You were like, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna be a, re- I'm gonna be a reporter one day. And then that never worked out. So then I was like, well, I guess I can podcast. <laughs> All right. Here we are. The costumes that Godzilla wore in this movie, though, you can't tell if he's cut or uncut. So it's kind of <laughs> kind of confusing. But I liked it. It's a good mm. point. I, I'm going to raise my score because of that 5.5. I'm going to go Ooh, from 5.4 nice. to 5.5. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Now we're getting dangerously close here. Now we're at a 7.25 overall Holy here. Shit. What's going to happen? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Did ben, ben ever did Ben ever like text us a review of it? Did he even watch it? I'm not sure he watched it. Uh, I don't think he did. All right. Uh, 
Do you before know if anyone, he, did anyone love this or died? hate it? Yeah, before he went out in the torpedo tube. Or like, before you go, let, let us know what you thought of all Monsters All Attack. Yeah, Ben was like, my rating is... And I was like, <laughs> did he say go? And then I just ejected him. <laughs> Zach knew what it was going to be. He's like, I can't let that score get out. <laughs> all right, love it or hate it? Let's hear the hate it. Hate it. Now... It needs to be noted here that IMDb had no one-star ratings. So I had to go to a little website called Amazon.com to find a one-star rating for this movie. Is that the uh, website about the jungle? Yeah, that's the one that it's a live uh, video camera set up in the Amazon rainforest and you can just watch um, trees. I like that. Now, Eric Unger gave this film one star, titling it, This is... Not cool. January 21st, 2004. Okay. They should not make Godzilla a bad guy. He has to be a good guy. Mm. As peace as peacefully when he is fighting against King Ghidorah. And for once, let Mothra team up with Godzilla. I mean, come on. Godzilla is the protector of Japan, not the destroyer. This is an outrage. Please make Godzilla a good guy forever. One star. Mm. Well, he's wrong, but that's okay. So is is he is he just mad at the the way that the, the direction they took the movie? Or yes, that's what it sounds like to me. So he doesn't care at all if it was a good movie in general. Just <laughs> the way did, that. Okay. Yeah, it doesn't fit this guy's um, opinion on what Godzilla should be like in every single Godzilla movie ever. So that guy's ahead of his time. In two thousand four, he's bitching about that. That's stuff you hear about in the news nowadays. You know, people not liking <laughs> stuff. Because they didn't go the way they like it. That guy's ahead of his time. About 15 years. Yeah. A true pioneer. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. This is from Destroya988619, September 2008. Spoilers. This Godzilla is better than any of the other Godzillas. For instance, Mm. the fact that he was biggest monster in the movie and the way he attacked with extreme prejudice, unlike the other Godzillas. When the military attacked him, he made sure he obliterated them, not just the usual breath of fire, then move on to fight his opponent. He even proceeded to destroy the military battleships. Man, was he determined. Also, the way he dispatched the other monsters. This Godzilla is one of my all-time favorites, along with Radioactive Godzilla from Godzilla vs. Destroyer. I recommend this movie any day over Final Wars. Seriously. 10 out of 10. A little dig there in Final Wars. Yeah. So would he watch 98 before Final Wars? I don't know. That's the real question. <laughs> Got to call him up and ask him. See if yeah. he's still posting reviews. <laughs> Just respond in a review. Hey, uh. <laughs> 14 years later. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. You I know some- people don't change or anything, so I know you're still feeling this way, but uh, we think about Godzilla 98. Better than Final Wars? Am I right? <laughs> All right, Jamie. 
Yeah, let's get into some trivia. So, uh, director Shushuki uh, Kaneko? Kaneko? Kaneko. Uh, yeah, cycled through various script ideas, um, trying to conceive the film. Um, it was kind of supposed to be that Godzilla was bigger, so he was going for smaller um, monsters. Uh, so he started with Kamakuras, but it was scrapped because he had already just fought a uh, insect. I didn't want to do that again. So he thought about battling a new uh, alien monster, uh, but it was too dark. And so then they said, okay, well, how about guardian monsters? So he liked that idea, and he came up with Anguirus, Varan, and Baragon defending Japan against Godzilla. And so the idea was supposed to be there were three smaller monsters defending Japan against Godzilla, and they don't have as much baggage as some of the other ones. But Toho is like, no way. You got to bring in two of our biggest box office you know, monsters in King Ghidorah and Mothra. But that's a little, it's a little weird. First, they're huge. They're huge. So like, it's very difficult to have them fight Godzilla and make it seem like a, that he could take on all three or whatever. And not only that, but King Ghidorah had never been a good guy. He's always a bad guy. And so it was kind of this weird thing where they just kind of forced and shoehorned that into the script. So it's, I think it may be even the only time that Ghidorah is a good guy in the entire series. That is true. Yeah. Uh, it was uh, so it was notable for a lot of those changes. Most notably, like Ghidorah was generally huge, like this giant monster. They had to make him quite a bit smaller in order to make it seem realistic. Same thing with Mothra. They made Mothra considerably smaller um, to make that make those scenes uh, make a little bit more sense. Um, uh, let's see. So the submersible Satsuma was named after the actor uh, Ken Pachiro Satsuma, who starred as Godzilla in seven films from 1984 to 1995. And then it was the first film since Mothra versus Godzilla to portray Godzilla as truly evil. There had been other ones where he had been bad guy, but it had been more as um, inadvertent. It was almost like an animal in some ways uh, and wasn't truly going after. This was clearly supposed to and be exacting revenge against Japan. And they had the other monsters defending. Um, so originally they were going to have not only a bunch of monsters, but they're going to have a bunch of military hardware included. They were going to be battalions of Mazer tanks. And then they were going to have a new version of Atragon in the film, but they scrapped that. Wait. Yeah. Like Atragon, the movie that I've been trying to get a hold of and can't. Yeah, Atragon? they say there's, there's going to be a new version of the super submarine Atragon oh, as part of the come film. On. I know, right? It's sad that we didn't get to get that part of it. I know. I would have loved it. All right. So this is a monster's all-out attack, if, if the title wasn't a hint. So what other actors from monster films could have all-out attacked this film as new casting characters? All right, so what about The Rock? He was in Rampage. These are all movies that came out, monster movies that came out after this film as well. So what about The Rock from Rampage? He has to be a monster or he could be- Wait, he, I mean, We could have him be the monster. You want The Rock as one of the monsters that defends Japan? Well- If he's the monster, he wins, right? Right, exactly. I mean, yes. That's the problem. Yeah, I mean, at that right. point, you have to make a- They're trying to make him weaker in the face of Godzilla and then you have The Rock there and you're like, hell nah. Godzilla yeah, don't stand a chance. He couldn't really be a bear gun, you know- Right, leaping around. <laughs> Def, definitely not a Mothra kind of guy either. I don't. Yeah, I don't, yeah that's true. When I think of Rock, you know, I think of, you know, powerful you Rock know? Yeah, bottom, King, King Ghidorah. Yeah, <laughs> Rock bottom. Uh, I, 
I mean, maybe you go a different way with it. Maybe he's the military leader, the commander who gets Ooh. in the sub. The dad? Yeah, the dad. All right. What about Charlie Day? He was in Pacific Rim. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, he would have been like one of those cheesy um, reporter guys, right? Yeah. Or, yeah. or he'd be the person getting killed in the hospital. I could see that. That would have been a funny cameo. It's just Charlie yeah. Day. <laughs> what about John Goodman? He's from Kong Skull Island. Bronze. Oh, favorite film yeah. of all time. He, okay, he would have to be like one of the like the military guys that's in charge of everything, but not yep. the dad. That's a good pick. Yeah. I agree. What about TJ Miller from Cloverfield? He was really the only name that I feel like I was comfortable throwing out from Cloverfield. And you guys would know who maybe know who it is. Oh yeah, he's that Comedian. weird looking guy. Yeah, yeah. I had to look. Yeah. His name <laughs> sounds familiar, and I had, a, I had to figure who it was. But yeah, that's oh, he could have been the guy who ran the newspaper with the long weird hair. Yes, he would have been good at that. He would have been good at that one. Uh, what about David Arquette from Eight Legged Freaks? <laughs> David Arquette. Speaking of <sighs> wrestling, that movie. Right? Do you, <laughs> oh, do you, ready to do, rumble? Yeah. Do you do you have any females on this list? Because otherwise, I I'd don't. say he could definitely be Yuri. I don't. I don't have. You need a Yuri, else. so they could just make it like a. Oh, he could get into character and play Yuri, or they just make a brand new, right, male reporter. And what about Ed Harris? Now he was in the film *Man's Best Fiend*. He plays the owner of a dog who, inexplicably, without any explanation, ends up growing continually until it's over fifty feet tall, right? And you think, okay, you're you're now you're all sitting there being like, yeah, I want to see this movie. It's, it sounds like an adventure for the whole family, right? But it's right. actually super depressing because in the end, Ed has to take the dog. I mean, the dog's a danger to itself and the community, and he has to, like, put it to sleep. And then after How's that, well, they, I mean, what do you mean? They, he takes it to the vet and they, I mean, they, they have to, he has to pay a lot because they have to use a lot of materials. But, um, the, but the 50, 50 foot tall dog, they got to put it down? Yeah, they got to put it down. Still, yeah. And then, and then afterwards he finds out because of the uh, glandular hormone issue that was causing the growth that the dog had actually been in like excruciating pain like the entire film. So they, like even after you watch it, you're like, oh my God, not only did they have to put the dog down, but like now I, I now I realize this whole film, it was like an excruciating pain. Dang. So, we, yeah. so we make the dog Baragon, right? Sure, yeah. We're also casting, I guess if we want to cast a 50-foot dog, yeah, yeah it's Baragon. Okay, yeah. Baragon. Because yeah. that's, that's probably closest than height to everything else because Baragon is only 30 meters tall in this it, series. Yeah, and now I'm feel, I'm kind of feeling you. I'm, I feel like maybe we have Ed Harris be the old man, but now the old man is a young man and also ripped and, and rides Baragon around. Oh. What do you think about that? Yeah. Yeah. That could work. <laughs> done yeah <laughs> all right i did I, I feel like we're all in agreement so i you know all in favor say aye aye aye, aye. yeah we go perfect all right uh then a little phantom zone engage the phantom phantom's engaged sir godzilla mothra king Ghidorah, giant monsters all at attack you'd think Jamie couldn't have used that before, but I did. I actually remember talking about that and being like, whoa, why am I not watching this movie now? And then this last week, I was watching it. And I was like, yeah, I like this. And so that featured, so that this film that we watched had Hideo Amamato in it, and he actually played the high priest of Mu. So this must, I think he must have played the old man. And he played the high priest of Mu in 
the original Atrogun back in 1963. Really? And, oh, yeah. And I've used that one a bunch. I used that one actually when we did Super Atrogun. I like the idea of going through Atrogun. I used it during Lorelei cycle, going through um, Atrogun. I used it during Latitude Zero um, and stuff like that. And so it's pretty good. Don't worry about it. Wow. Good job. Are you guys worried? You always do it. I hope you weren't worried about it. A little worried. You were worried about it, but I got it done. Part of me just wants to get that movie, but to shell out $30 for a DVD is a bit of a stretch. You're talking about Man's Best Fiend starring Ed Harris? You want to buy that one? Well, uh, yeah. If they make that, I'll get it. Oh, you're talking if about thirty dollars now. Yeah, that's it'll true. It'll be like Actually, sixty and ten. Why so haven't it's, we? It's uh, yeah, why haven't we bought Natrogun? I don't know. Oh, because we'll we haven't. We later. haven't yet got all our sponsorship money. Very true. Right from IHOP. Not a sponsor yet. Not yet. Yet. Not yet. All right. It's it's, it's Kaiji World Wide. So I'm actually really glad that I picked this kaiju for Kaiju Worldwide. I didn't know that you guys were going to be so enamored with this sweet, cute Baragon. First timer for us on the podcast, and I really doubt that we're going to see him in another movie. But there's potential. We might be able to see him. If some of these other movies pan out, I really hope the first one does. So, Jamie, you will be very happy to know where Baragon made his first appearance. It's in a movie that you told me about that I immediately went to the library and tried to order, but unfortunately they don't have it. Uh, Frankenstein Conquers the World is the first movie to feature Baragon. And is a submarine in that one? Oh, no. don't, I don't think, think so, but yeah, I looked at some. <laughs> I looked at some pictures from Frankenstein Conquers World. That movie looks insane. I'm just gonna say that. The doctor, um, or is it like supposed to be Frankenstein's monster? No, the monster. Oh, it's okay. a monster. Yeah. Okay. Right. Oh yeah. I've heard even. That'd I've be heard, really funny. I've heard even better things about the sequel, The War of the Gargantuans. Gargantuas. Oh yeah, that's, they made a sequel to it, and it's like a cult classic, and like a bunch of famous people are talk about it being super influential and stuff really oh yeah yeah dang well one to check out um so baragon to describe him i kind of thought he looked like a cross between a a gremlin and a triceratops maybe you know put them all together and throw some big old floppy ears on him and my usual source that i go to for all this type of stuff information regarding these types of things was very barren. So I went to godzilla.fandom.com and I got to tell you what, there's a lot of information out there about Godzilla. So thank God. Um, His name is derived from bara, which is Japanese word meaning rose, and ragan, which is Japanese for dragon. The rose dragon. Nice. In the Showa era, he had a modified version of Varan's roar mixed with a bit of Godzilla's, and then they added some growling to it. In the Millennium era, which is the film we just watched, he just had his own distinctive roar. They made it higher pitched and used a combination of things here. A leopard's growl, 
and snarls, crocodile hisses, elephant sounds, and the roar of a T-Rex from a movie called Jurassic Fight Club. Sounds incredible. Like, why haven't I ever seen that movie? Um, Something I also thought was kind of interesting, because you're like, wow, look at this guy. Where is he from? Baragon is from the time of dinosaurs, and he survived the great... I don't know, comet, asteroid, whatever, hmm. by burrowing underground. He's very clever. Hmm. And a couple things here, how he's been woken up, it's a little different. In Frankenstein Conquers the World, he came back to lay waste to everybody when a factory woke him up. Not cool. He was trying to get some sleep. And Destroy All Monsters, he is around at a fight between Ghidorah and the monsters. Sorry, this is him and this is him in another movie and destroy all monsters. He is seen in a fight between Ghidorah and another monster, but he doesn't fight or he doesn't go and attack anywhere because he had a uh, his costume was lent or lended to another company and it was damaged. So they weren't able to really use him in that. So it's kind of Unfortunate. So some of his attacks that he can do include a super weak fire spray from his mm. mouth. Super weak, did you say? Yeah, super weak. And and apparently <laughs> it doesn't even really hurt Frankenstein and Frankenstein conquers the world. So why do they even make that a thing? I don't know. Yeah, no one knows. Uh, mainly what he does is what we saw here is he burrows around and uh, creates catastrophe for those super heavy kaiju all over the earth and he does have those big old floppy ears and they have i don't know if anybody else notices they got two notches in them like half moons <laughs> so he can fold those down over his eyes kind of protect his face and his horn will still stick out i would have loved to see him do that just like <laughs> cover his eyes and uh, leap at godzilla i thought that would have been really funny so that's, some of the that's other- interesting yeah I thought some of this was uh, quite interesting also. Um, He is, like, used in other pop culture things. So in Pokemon, there's a monster, Nidoking, who looks a lot like Baragon. Baragon also has made a cameo in the very popular anime Dragon Ball. And he... He is featured in a few films, Frankenstein Conquers World, as I mentioned, Destroy All Monsters, Adventure, Godzilland, Recommend Godzilland, Godzilla Island, Godzilla Mothra and King Ghidorah, Giant Monsters All Out Attack, and Godzilla Final Wars. And that's all we've got on the little guy. Mm, just, he's not, I, as, not in as many films as I would hope he would be in. I know. Can, can I add one thing? Yeah, I want to say about his 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 fire attack that he used with his mouth. One thing I actually read about that is he can actually use that while he's moving. Unlike all the other monsters, when you watch them do their move, they're standing still. So oh. might not be strong, but he's got a little bit of a tactic where he can kind of move and get around. You know, nice. Yeah, that's all I really know about him, except that he his height and weight has changed several times. Yeah, what's he what's he weighing in at? You know that? Yeah, which era do you want? Show or millennium? 
Uh, give us Millennium. Millennium, he weighs 10,000 metric tons, 30 meters tall, and his width, 24 and a half meters. Huh. Dang. Yeah. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah. From the show era, he put on a ton of weight, though. He only used to be 250 tons. So he bulked up. Must but been I guess that if protein you have, powder. Yeah, that, or if you had Ed Harris training you, you know, and riding along on you for a long time, you know, you uh-huh. gotta bulk up, I guess. So, yeah, man, for sure, one hundred percent. All righty, Alex, you got anything? I got a couple little articles for you. You guys think I was actually looking up news? Anyways, um, not too much really going on in the uh, submarine world, uh, but I found an op-ed piece which uh, was actually uh, written about five days ago uh, for the national interest. And I don't know if you guys are familiar with that or not, but they always post a lot of military stuff. Um, <clears throat> the title of this uh, written by Sebastian Roblin uh, says, okay, boomer, uh, <laughs> this is – This is the deadliest submarine monster lurking in the deep. And sailors call these new ballistic missile submarines, we've heard of them before, as boomers. Um, And I was like, okay, that's kind of interesting. You know, it's kind of caught my, kind of caught my eye. But then I start reading into it. And the second paragraph he gets into is nine years after the atomic bombings of Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Godzilla depicted a monster awakened from the depths of the ocean to wreak havoc on Japanese cities. And then he goes to say, the most deadly right now real-life kaiju, which is a word that we've been throwing around for now, is the Ohio-class ballistic missile submarine. Nice. So it just goes on. Like I said, it's an op-ed. He just goes on to talk about how good the Ohio-class submarine is and it's everything about it, which I'm pretty sure, Kyle, you've talked about it before um, in subs worldwide at some point. Anyways, I, I had to at some point. Oh, yeah, for sure. I just thought it was pretty crazy. We've been doing Godzilla. So, uh, and this references Godzilla several times through it um, as being the Ohio class submarine closest to Godzilla, um, even though it's an American sub and not a Japanese monster. Anyways, if you guys want the link to that, I will post it so everyone can read it. Awesome. Next. Thank you, Alex. And we will put that on Twitter, Facebook, all that good stuff. Yeah, it's just a, just an interesting read. Next article I found, this is from military.com, and pretty big news for Japan, first woman enters Japan's submarine academy. Wow. So, they are making steps to include women in their military, and now I guess uh, for the submarine, obviously watching a lot of submarine films. Um, anytime a woman is on there, you can tell the guys always have a little fun with it. So I could see this definitely being scary for people, especially in Japan where they have some weird fetishes and shit, you know, but, um, like the article, the article goes on to say, you know, she's, she's happy to be doing this. Um, she wants to train to become a really good crew member. Um, it sounds like she's going to be putting a lot of, a lot of effort into doing this and something she's always wanted to do. Um, the prime minister, from what I understand, uh, Shinzo Abe uh, has long advocated for expanding the role of women in the workplace, according to this article. Um, but overall, the country remains stubbornly low in international gender rankings. 
um, which is kind of interesting because when you think of Japan, you always think of them as being pretty progressive. Um, but I guess there are still some issues with the glass ceiling there, which kind of depicted even in the movie we just saw. Um, so nonetheless, um, good job for Japan. Looks like they're uh, going along the way and women hopefully will be able to serve on submarines here pretty soon. All right. Uh, cool. Last but, last but not least, I read another op-ed piece from the National Interest Statements before, but this one's not as good. Uh, the title says, What Happens If a Battleship and a Submarine Had a Baby? Um, we were talking about this earlier. It's not a good article. I don't know why it was even run on there. But if anyone's listening and wants to write in or even draw something, please submit it to us and we will uh, get it out because we're curious what everyone thinks. If a battleship and a submarine had a baby, what would it look like? If a battleship um, and a submarine had a baby. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And now, if you want to get smart or creative, you know, any any era submarine, any era battleship, you know, young, old, new, whatever, do whatever you want with it. Just interesting. The article isn't the greatest, but it's pretty interesting to think about what could be or what they could do. We should, uh, we should all do that and... Then eventually we'll tweet it out or put it all on Instagram or something. Battleship yeah. and a submarine, baby. Yeah. yeah, that would be cool. All of us. It's it's interesting to think about because like the old submarines, like they had guns, and we've even seen this in some of these movies, like on the deck. So they would come up and fire from the deck of the submarine that go back down. But it it was definitely more submarine because they were they would go underwater and attack from there. But this seems to totally forget about all that and just want some huge mecha weapon i could almost say that would be like featured in james bond or something like that who knows because now you know now you can have nuclear powered uh submarines you know coming in with really crazy power that that's interesting to think about but not the greatest article so anyways if anybody wants to draw something or tell us what they think it would be we would love to hear from you thank you end of my news done Nice. Did he, uh, did he drop his mic? Is that right? Mic dropped. It? Sounded like it. Yeah. Zach Fax. It's Zach Fax. When you're going down, get some Zach Fax. When you're going down. All, All right. right. Just the facts? I think so. I think we're up to the facts. All right, everybody. Have you been, have you been facting away during this podcast? Uh, I have not been facting away. Uh, no. Listeners, um, you're just going to have to deal with two. That's it. That's all what? there is. It's... And you just got to deal with it. So, Fine. Fact number one for this film, GMK, um, our dearly beloved fan favorite, Baragon, was upset that his name wasn't in the title. So Baragon tried to sue Toho, but when they found out that he was a fictional character, they dropped it. Oh, interesting. Oh, man. Come on. You got to show some love for Baragon, mm-hmm. Toho. At least so, pay the dude. So if, he, love was, Baragon. If, if he was fictional, though, how, who, 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 who sent the papers in? Hmm. Do you think he was better when he had a bioluminescent horn, or do you like his horn? Not glowy. Put the glow stick in that thing, man. Light it yeah, up. But a good sniper could see that a mile away. Good call. Okay, no, never mind. I'm now I'm on Alex's side. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know True. what your sniper going to take one right between the eyes. <laughs> that horn, that's gonna lead him right to him. Ooh. Those cadmium bullets can really do some damage. 
Yeah. I didn't even think about it. And that's that's, that's why they call me the ointment. I'm more topical than brain now. <laughs> Last fact. And as you know, this is a popular theme, right? You know, some of our movies have adult film versions of them. Okay. Um, this happens to be one, right? So uh, the adult version, the porno version of this. Um, remember, the name of the film is Godzilla, Mothra, and King Ghidorah, <laughs> Giant Monsters, All Out Attack. Um, the adult version is Coxzilla, Mulva, King mm. Glory Hole, and mm. Giant Monster Cox, All Out Attack. So, Right. Wow. That's, Great. That's it. Um, oh, and kids, uh, make sure you weren't listening to that. Yeah, so some kid, uh, you said that a little too late. You know, some kids can ask their dad what all that means. <laughs> <laughs> what cocktail is? It's just a big rooster. <laughs> and it'd be like, what are you listening to? <laughs> or a king glory hole? Yeah, okay. <laughs> I've never heard a king before it before, but it must be a pretty great one. <laughs> so next week, what do we got? Uh, Godzilla Final Wars? Is that what we're doing? Final Wars. Stay tuned, folks. Thank you for listening to Submersion. Don't forget to subscribe for new episodes every Thursday. If you like what you heard, please leave us a rating wherever you listen. Want to interact with us? Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We also love to get messages from all of you. If you have a suggestion, a comment, or just anything you'd like to share, please email us at maceaststudios at gmail.com. 